Hi, welcome to Aristotle Asparagus. I'm Aristotle Asparagus, and this is Aristotle Asparagus. And that, that that's my slogan every time. I should probably maybe I should change it up, but uh, whatever. Um, right now we are here with someone you may have not seen on screen much, but who has kind of been saving many performers from forgetting their lines on live TV. Uh, please welcome uh, Mr. Wally Ferriston. Is that correct? That's very good. Yes. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the, so, the correct pronunciation. Yeah, so the, uh, you're, you're, you're the cue card guy on uh, SNL, Seth Meyers, and Amber Ruffin's show. Yes, that and, is correct. And yep. w w one thing is that, uh, do you know that uh, Twitter account that makes those posts of the host introducing the musical guest? Yes. Yeah, I it definitely didn't get any attraction. I don't even think it got a single like. But when, when they posted the one of Donald Trump introducing Toots and the Maytals, I joked... <laughs> That, that Donald Trump is the only person that needs a cue card to introduce the musical guest. <laughs> Not true. Okay. but Not true. I hold the cue card for every single person that says those ladies and gentlemen, so-and-so, or once again, so-and-so. Because, because it's live, yeah. you never want to take, take the chance that they're going to screw even that little thing up. And um, if you go back and watch the Larry David host episode, the last time he hosted he screwed up the musical um, introduction. Ah, what did he say? Like, I think, was it, I can't remember, was Ariana Grande the musical guest or was Miley Cyrus? It was one of them. I, forget, I think it was Miley Cyrus. I kind of forget my, they, all the shows kind of blended for me, but it was ladies and gentlemen, whether it was Miley Cyrus, and he, I was holding the cards right on the camera, and he's, ladies and gentlemen, and then he just, for some reason, either wasn't looking at the card or, or hesitated or something, and the camera started moving, and he never even, I don't think he even got the, the, person, the person out. He was like, oh, crap. <laughs> wow. But, so it does happen. It does happen. Do you, do you also hold up cue cards for the announcer of the show? Uh, for, 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 like, for Daryl, you mean? Or, yeah, and um, Don Pardo, because you, you go back no. that long. No, Don Pardo um, did it in the sound booth with a script, and... Daryl used to come in and do it in the sound booth, but now because of COVID and stuff like that, um, I think he does it all remotely because I used to see him every once in a while, but now I don't see him. So I'm pretty sure he does it remotely from wherever he's living. Well, I know Don for like his last few seasons also did it remotely because he was getting kind of old to do it in the studio. Yeah, I think because he lived in Arizona, I believe, and they didn't want him to He used to travel back and forth to do it. I think they did either his family or... The show was like, yeah, you don't need to travel. Let's do this remotely, so we don't, you know, um, you know, nothing happens, you know, in rote. Yeah, I, I the, like a lot of the old episodes are available on uh, archive.org, and unlike Peacock, archive.org actually has more than like more than twenty minutes of sketches in it, uh, because Peacock just loves to cut stuff out, and yeah, they show like the commercial free version of the original broadcast and you can actually kind of like hear a lot of the of a lot of the errors that Don Pardo made when announcing and like even all of the technical gaps. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, and there was one time when the Arctic Monkeys were the musical guests and when Don Pardo was supposed to announce them as a musical guest, he just said nothing. He said, <laughs> musical guest. Yeah. <laughs> Don was Don was great. Don was awesome. So, yeah, but yeah, he did make mistakes every once in a while. Yeah, and and I think that mistake might have triggered the Arctic Monkeys because in their second performance, they got really mad and 
they loudly exclaimed, like to like as part of the song, that man just yawned <laughs> after seeing man yawn in the audience. That's really funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. So, and uh, another question I want to know: Have you ever? Do you think you've ever had a line on SNL? Because I know I definitely know you've had lines on Seth Seth's show, and I haven't really watched much of Amber's show. But have you ever had an SNL line? Oh yeah, I've had many lines. Not not recently, but I my first line was with with Alec Baldwin when Alec Baldwin hosted um, one of the times, like one of his maybe third or fourth time. So it was probably my, I don't know, 92, 93, he hosted. And he came down, it was the monologue where he was handing out money to everybody on the staff. And um, he came down, he first came to me and I said, hey, Mr. Baldwin, I uh, printed your lines in blue just the way you like them. And he was like, oh, thank you very much, Wally. Here's, and he gave me like $300. And I was like, thank you, Mr. Baldwin. So um, those are my first lines. But yes, I've had lines throughout the years um, on the show as well. Do you recall what you think your most recent line was? Uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. Um, and if it, and if it's not a line, it's just the, I had a lot of these. I had a cut to Wally looking confused. <laughs> That's my go, that was my go-to on the show. Um, like usually doing a monologue or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't remember what my last line was there. I've, I've been doing so much stuff on Seth and Amber that it, that, um, uh, it just haven't been written into things a lot, you know, on SNL. Well, yeah, there, there was that one, uh, song memories sketch. I think it was the last one they ever did where it ended with like everybody on set, like just like stomping out and singing. I guess that would technically count as a line. Like yeah. your, your mouth moved and it made sound, but we definitely couldn't <laughs> hear it over everything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 and uh, another burning question I have is, what do you use cue cards for Kristen Wiig's Judy Grimes character? That's which one? Which one is that? Which one? Do you get? You gotta help me out. Which one is Judy Grimes? Uh, the woman who keeps saying "just kidding" and like talks really, really oh. fast. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that was everything. If it's a sketch, sometimes like if it was a weekend update feature. Like, you know, the features that Fred Armisen did where he was um, uh, the guy that um, like took a paper out and he was like kind of riffing off the off a, an article. Yeah. Anybody would never make any sense. I can't remember that character's name. Is. Nicholas Finn. Yeah, that one. Um, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have cards with that. We would have we would have like lines leading up to it. And then when he starts doing that, that's all him improvising stuff. And. He would have a line maybe to end it on, so the director knew, or the other, you know, someone knew where to, where to go in. But it would, it would be him improvising. The Judy Grimes things, yeah, that was all that was all scripted because that was a sketch. You ha everything has to be scripted, and everything has to be on cards, so the director knows when to cut back and forth um, to another camera. So yeah, that was all on cards. Yeah, I, I, I definitely knew it was scripted, but I mean, it must be a lot of work going through all those cards. I mean. Because, like, yeah. I, I would have assumed that Kristen would just, like, memorize, like, like keep repeating her lines over and over again until they're ingrained in her brain. No, because, you know, they change it a lot. Sometimes it'll, you know, they'll change a quarter or sometimes half of the script um, from dress to air. Um, yeah. They have to take out two or three minutes or they have to, you know, something didn't work in dress. They want to make try to make it funnier. They have a different line. So it's really hard for them to memorize. They get really familiar with it. But, you know, they'll use the cards um most of the, I would say 95% of the time, even as if it's just a guide, you know, with when they're, when someone else is speaking or when they're done speaking. But, um, 
but yeah, no, it's all on cards, and for the most part, they use the cards as well. Okay, well, good job to you uh, doing all of those cards in such a short time for that Judy Grimes character. That must be. Yeah, no, those are the fun things to do when it's a challenge. When it's like if it's real, if they talk really fast, or if um, you know, it's it's something like that. We have quick changes and something's changing right. Like sometimes things are changing in the commercial break before a sketch if they need to cut stuff out or need to change it towards the end of the show. So that's the kind of exciting and fun part of the job. Yeah. Um, would you say that the Colin Jost and Michael Chase swap jokes is another fun part of the job? Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really fun because they really truly don't know um, the jokes that they're going to do. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think the reason why we know that they're telling the truth on that is because they often like can't control their laughter. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the weekend update anchors are kind of like tra they're pretty much trained not to to like break. I mean, even Jimmy Fallon when he was a weekend update anchor, he didn't he didn't break nearly as much as he did during sketches. That's correct. Yeah, they try to keep it straight. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I'm just remembering the, the there was one where like he we like M Michael Che made it so it said like Che didn't write this. This one is all me, Colin Joe's. I forget what the actual joke was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Because they would do things, um, they would do it. For, they would do the jokes for dress, and then sometimes maybe one joke would stay in. So, so they would and technically they'd know that one, but Michael would would do dummy jokes for dress, and then change his complete jokes for it. They would be completely new jokes that Colin hadn't seen for air, and then he would do stuff like that. Yes, he would put that on the cards, and Colin would have to read it. <laughs> so it'd be great. It's great. Yeah, I mean. It I mean, do, would you say you you laugh harder than Colin does? I mean, I guess Michael doesn't laugh as hard, but would you say you laugh the hardest? Oh, I laugh a lot because I'm having fun. I'm just, you know, this is the this is the greatest job in the world, and yeah, I I, I have a blast, and I'm laughing. Some yeah, I'm laughing sometimes. Sometimes I'm laughing at the joke. Sometimes I'm laughing at the audience reaction to the joke, um, whether it's really good or really bad. Like if they don't laugh or they moan or something like that. Then that makes me laugh even harder sometimes. Yeah. Um. And, and speaking of the audience, um, uh, the, the other guy here hasn't said anything, but I, I should let you know that I'm. I've kind of been uh, introducing him to a lot of Will Forte sketches. Uh, yeah. Um. Because I consider him to be my favorite cast member. I mean, between the two, uh, the two people uh, named Will, whose last name started with F, that impersonated George W. Bush, and actually say Forte is m the better one in my opinion. Uh. And I know he did this one sketch where the whole audience was like really quiet the, the whole time. But I mean, most people in retrospect see it as a masterpiece and it's the fart face sketch. It's just amazing. Yeah. He's he, all his sketches were slightly off. Yeah. Um, as we're like, Fred, I would compare Will to Fred Armisen a little bit, you know, they, they have a, they had a different view of things. They, they did different types of sketches. And that was, that's what's so great about the show. You know, you have these different voices, but, Will Will always made us laugh. Whether the sketch, and sometimes when the sketch didn't work, it it made us laugh even more because they, you know, they and like both Wills, if it's not working, they amp it up to the next level to even make it, you know, to be even make it funnier for everybody. Yeah, I mean, with my whole thing about him and Will Ferrell, like having similar roles, I'd say I'm, I'm also a big fan of Will Ferrell. He's also one of my favorite cast members. I mean, I, I mostly like uh, Will Forte for the absurdist bits he does because that's kind of yes. like that's kind of my kind of comedy, but Will Ferrell does some pretty great abs absurdist bits. Like the Dr. Beeman's office is probably one of the greatest sketches ever. Even yeah. If no, recognized. Yeah. Just amazing. Just amazing. He was a really good writer. They both, they both 
uh, were writers and would write their own stuff with, you know, with other writers, but um, both of them contributed as writers to their own stuff. So that's what kind of made it good. You know, are you excited for the MacGruber um, TV uh, show coming out? Yes, but what I'm not excited for is the fact that SNL is probably still not going to let Will Forte come back to host. <laughs> I mean, they don't know how much people want that. I mean. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. But maybe with MacGruber, and if MacGruber's, uh, you know, a, a hit or a quiet hit, they would have him back. But, you know, Jason just hosted, so I don't know how many hosts they like to have come back. Um, um, yeah, I think Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph like hosted like a, like just like in the last season, both of them. Yeah, and yeah, they could do it. They could do. It. I can see Will coming back. I can see Will definitely coming back. Yeah, I mean, I can understand maybe why they didn't get him to come back for Last Man on Earth because it was a Fox show, and I, I know that right. usually is uh, someone told me that like the rule that they can't have people promote TV shows on other networks. Is that true? No. No, we have guests on all the time from different networks that, that are promoting a different different shows. So no, that's not. I would say that's not that's false. Okay, but uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, just, just the, the audience may not be as obsessed with Will Forte as they are with the freaking mm. people who are still in the cast. Um, sorry. Mm. So, sorry about that. Um, when did I cut off there? He's uh. A pocket of people, a big pocket of people, but still just a pocket of people. So, um, so sorry, you know, be, because because it's gonna be. What's that? Sorry, you kind of. It's not your fault. It was like something on my end that caused me not to hear some of what you just said. Oh, I can just repeat. I can repeat that. I was saying, um, uh, Will Forte is probably um, a favorite of like a, a, a of people, not like the majority of people. So, um, you know, maybe SNL thinks thinks of it that way. But with his show being on Peacock Network. You know, maybe that might be a good a good chance for you to come back because it is a peacock. It, peacock is related to NBC, you know. Yeah, and also I feel like maybe they shouldn't. You shouldn't need something to promote if you're a former cast member, or at least a prolific former, someone who is prolific as a former cast member. Like, I mean, if Robert Downey Jr. wanted to host again, he shouldn't just be able to do it at any point. But I'd say if Will Forte wants to host, he should be allowed to at any point. I would agree with that. You know, I have nothing to do with the, with the casting and how they pick the hosts. Um, it's sometimes it's a mystery to me. Um, but um, that would be you should talk to somebody in um, in the uh, talent department and see if you can get that out of them how they do it. Okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> well. Um, yeah. Uh, and. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking of another question. Um, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. For, for that Doctor Beeman's office sketch, I, I had read that it was supposed to be the host Freddie Prinze Jr. was supposed to play the Doctor Stephen Poop role. Okay. And and then, but Tim Meadows had to do it. Did you know about that, or was it like a surprise to you and the cast? I, you know, I rem I know the sketch you're talking about. It was it was one of my favorite sketches as well. I don't remember the specifics of that uh, and why, why, if it was supposed to be Freddie Prince, why he didn't do it, why they recast it. And we may have done that. We may have done it. It was, was it, was it, did it air during the Freddie Prince show? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, sometimes those decisions are, I don't know why they make them or why it changed. So I can't really answer that. Okay. Well, uh, the, well, we noticed that the cast didn't know because like, Will Ferrell started breaking slightly. Molly Shannon, like, she was just breaking so much. Like, she was supposed to be angry, yet she was just, like, holding and laughed so hard, like, her teeth were clearly visible because of how, yeah. like, 
hard she was trying to hold it in. But Chris Parnell, he just didn't break at all. Yeah, Chris. Chris was good. Chris was good at not breaking. He was good, really good at holding it in. Yeah, but uh, the thing is that he he was often a guy who played straight men, and yeah. Will Forte is the other guy who's known for never breaking. And Will Forte is the one who plays the funny man usually. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think some people have stated that one time that there might have been one time where Chris Parnell like accidentally like smirked on in a sketch, never laughed, but. I, that that would probably make Will Forte the king of not breaking. Yeah, Will Will had a really good concentration and um, could. I don't know how he does it, but he could block stuff. He could block that out and not let it affect him. Yeah, and, and one thing about uh, Will Forte is that uh, I know this. Lauren hates improvisation, uh, hates it. Uh, but there was like the the one potato chip sketch with Will Forte where like he ends up like jumping on top of the desk and like screaming. Yeah. Like I can assume the screaming part was scripted, but I can't like see him jumping on the desk and seeing like, yeah, this totally isn't improvised because it felt improvised. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't speak to that specificness of it. I remember the sketch and I remember him doing that. Um, they, you know, they improvised a lot during rehearsal, you know, um, they, you know, you they they know that you really can't do too much because it's live and because the director, if you you know the the director wouldn't know what what he was doing and the cameramen have a hard time, would have maybe have a hard time following following him. So you can't do it a lot. So maybe he improvised it during the day, you know, like during run through or something, and then they liked it so much that they kept it. But mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I can't really speak because I don't remember the specifics of that. Okay. Well, um, but uh, yeah, we keep talking about like some of like the the like re the like 2000s era because that's the era i like the most but I, I do know that you've been there for many other eras and i believe you, you started in in like the the first half of the 1990 to 1991 season is that correct yeah i started in september of 1990 yep that so does that mean you had to be there for the steven seagal episode i was i'm sorry about that i mean <laughs> I mean, I'm sure hey, that... listen, the show is the show is great and has been on for so long because you have good guests and you have guests that aren't so good, you yeah. know. But but also you it know? wasn't just that Steven Seagal did terribly in sketches; he was also a really bad person as a host. Yeah, and and again, as you know, my job is to you know these people have given uh, give, are giving a week of their their lives to to be here for the show, and my job is to. Make them look as good as I can on camera. If they want to work with me, it's great. We have a great relationship and we do well. If they don't want to work with me, then maybe they don't come off so great. But again, I'm just trying to do my job. And my job is to try to make them look as good as I, as they can be. Um, and that's what I try to do. And I don't hold, you know, like I let, I love some of the hosts. And I you know maybe some of the hosts aren't aren't as friendly as the other ones. But, you know, that's, that's not up to me. And I just, I have fun doing it. I have fun meeting these hosts a lot. 90 Five percent of them are great people, and I and I really have fun working with them. And some of them aren't, but you know what? That's you know that's part of the job, and you know it doesn't bother me really that much. Is Steven Seagal in that five percent? Uh, he, I I want I don't want to say I again a long time ago. Um, he wasn't as focused on the cue cards. He was more. He wanted to do. He wanted to do fight. You know, he wanted to choreograph the fight scenes and and other. You know, he's focused on other stuff. Cue cards wasn't really. 
didn't really matter to him if he read them well or whatnot. So, you know, he, it was just, he was fine. I just, but I just didn't, I didn't work closely with him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, mean, I, I can guess who some of the other, uh, the, the, the other members of the 5% are, but uh, I mean, I, I don't have to focus so much on the negative aspects here. And, uh, and I want to know, uh, if a host is like super attached to the cue cards, is it easier for you to tell if they are? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Some hosts, some hosts get obsessed with the cue cards, and sometimes that's not the best thing when that happens. Yeah. Because they start overthinking it, and then I try. We try to get them to say, you know, just to relax and say, don't overthink it. Just, just try to relax. And wherever you're looking, it's, I try to tell them. Whatever direction you're looking in, talking to uh, someone on stage, use those cards. Um, and it just we try to get them to relax. But like I said, sometimes the host gets obsessed with them, and it, maybe they don't come across looking so great. They look like they're really locked on cards. Yeah, I know that uh, De Niro is one to do that. Uh, he's yes. very cue card attached. And yes, it, yeah. And he also, the problem with... Mr. De Niro, or, or I call him Bob because I've worked with him so many times. Okay. He, his eyesight wasn't the best. Ah. So he, we had to, we could, and, and, it, and it got worse actually. So we had to print, we only could fit, fit like four lines on a card, really big print. Sometimes like eight or nine words, that's it. We could fit on a card for him. So when you see him reading the cards, he, it's hard to get a rhythm when there's so few words on a card. Ah. You know what I mean? Do you understand that? Oh, okay. Well, um, it looks like a lot of people who watch the show online um, <laughs> don't seem to know that because they're they're always just calling him like a bad sport for like delaying. But no, he like, couldn't. Uh, we had to print him so big, so he so it was. We had to. I had to pull really fast. But when you're pulling really fast, it's hard to. You don't get a rhythm. So that was the main problem with him. It was his eyesight, and he didn't like to wear his glasses. Um, you know, cause he was, if he was playing a character that didn't wear glasses. So it was just, it was really, it was really taxing. It was really hard. And that's why he never could really get a good rhythm with the cards. And I think he comes off as, as actually, you know, not doing great on the show, but it was just because of that. His, it was his eyesight kind of, kind of controlled that and, you know, kind of put it out of, out of reach for him. Okay. Well, uh, at least we know he's not just lazy. Uh, no, 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 yeah. definitely not. But, definitely. uh, yeah, uh, and so, uh, <laughs> and we talked about SNL, but uh, we should also bring up your other show, uh, the Seth Meyers show, uh, which you've went, went from just being the background cue card guy to actually having a presence on the show, which I really respect in, in how uh, Seth kind of just, like, the whole transition he made over the COVID period. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's, I think, I, I think people are becoming bigger fans of his show because of Conan, Conan ending. Because like, yeah, okay. I understand he, that. Yeah. people often ignored other talk shows for his and then his wasn't able to make them ignore stuff. So, and it, it's good because Seth has been continuing to use his casual attire and all the COVID style stuff, but with an audience and I, I, I'm going to assume you probably have gotten more lines so far with an audience, with the audience than you have without even during the COVID time. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, well, I mean, 
the last when COVID started, I wasn't getting. I was doing. I wasn't getting a lot of lines. It, it just kind of happened where they threw me into one closer look, and um, it did really well. Like I said, he you know he reads the comments. He reads the viewers viewer comments that everybody really liked it. So they started. They're like, oh, we should put Wally in more. This is good. Somebody to play off of that's in the studio because really there was no one else in the studio. No band. You know, um, Shoemaker doesn't like to be on camera. That's why you don't see him on camera. Um, yeah. But Seth, Seth, will, Seth will talk to him. So, so yeah. So I, I was doing stuff. You know, when the show started three, four years ago, I was in sketches. They'd write the writers would write sketches for me, and I would that I would star in, which was great. And then when COVID came and he was doing three close looks a week, I'm like going, oh, this is going to really cut into my sketch time, and it did, it did. But then they put me in a closer look, and then they start now. Then it was like two times a week, sometimes three. I was in all of them, you know, one week, and then I was on, on Amber on Fridays. So, um, and I, and you know, and I was, I thought I was doing a good job, but um, having watched myself, like say a year ago, compared to like the last two or three months, um, I think I've gotten way better as an actor, <laughs> yeah. playing, my, play, playing myself. Yeah, uh, and uh, just another question: um, what, what would you say are some of your favorite uh, Will Forte sketches that I haven't mentioned on this podcast so far? Oh, uh, favorite. Well, um, the, the character he plays, where he, he he like he talks at weddings or funerals. Um, can't think of that character's name, but he has like white hair. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I know the appearance, but I don't know the character name. Yeah, I don't know. But he did he did um, that character at Seth Seth Meyers' wedding and did a whole speech as that character. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, no. Um, but yeah, I I definitely really like the Andy the Oh No guy sketches. I don't know why they only did two of them and then just stopped. I mean, um, I don't remember that one. What's that one? The, the one where like people would be trying to do something serious, but he'd be like this guy who's just like using a phone in the background, and then he'd pick on the phone, pick up the phone, and he just sh start shouting, "Oh no!" <laughs> I honestly don't, re I honestly don't remember that one. But it sounds funny. Yeah, uh, and one that's not on YouTube but should be because it's quite possibly one of the greatest sketches ever made is. Uh, Say what you will about Dane Cook, but the sketch the, the sketch as the water delivers he did with Will is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I don't remember that one either. Uh, th they were like playing these like water like water delivery men for Poland Spring, and like there was like this like supervisor coming in to check on them, and they like were doing such a terrible job of trying to hide the empty water bottles because they drank all like ten <laughs> gallons of it, and then there's. A scene where they open up the closet and then water bottles start falling for like <laughs> two minutes and, and they just don't stop. And what some people have described it as kind of like a sideshow side Bob stepping on Rick saying, which something is funny at first, then it gets too repetitive and stops being funny, but then it just keeps going on and on to the point that it becomes funny again. Oh my God. Yeah. No, no. His stuff was really great. But, you know, my. I've been doing that. I've been working on the show for 32 seasons. Yeah. So the sketches, they, they like, if you asked me what a sketch, if you talked about a sketch that was in a show, the show this year in September, I might not remember that sketch. Yeah. So, um, so um, going back that far, I definitely have trouble remembering all of them. Yeah. Um, 
but they're um, they're good ones. I I, 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 I obviously liked all the MacGruber uh, film pieces that he did. Those yeah. Great. But uh, I assume you didn't do work on those because they were all pre-tapes. Correct. Correct. Those okay. were all those were all pre-tapes. Yep. Okay, and I want to know: Have you ever done any other NBC shows in the past that you don't you no longer serve as a cue card guy for? Um, I did work on um, Thirty Rock. Ah. Um, when when Tina Tina was nice enough to write, and every time there was a cue card person in this, she would write it as Wally the cue card guy. So there's mentions of me, and I was act, and I was in, I'm in the first episode, been a couple episodes of the first season, and then a couple times throughout the rest of the run, I was in um, episodes of Thirty Rock. Okay, yeah, uh, it's a Thirty Rock is a really great show. Uh, I finished watching it a while ago. Yeah, uh, and it's right. yeah. Uh, and um, I'm trying to think of more questions because we, 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 our next guest is going to get to talk soon. But uh, but see, I, I when I record the recording, there are two separate half. It, it only lets me do a single recording for half an hour, so I can do another one after this, and it's going to okay. end in like a minute. Uh, so, All right. Yeah. Uh, so, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Um, <sighs> I was also in the um, Joker movie. Did you see the movie Joker? Uh, no, but I'm now. Now I'm intrigued. What role did you play there? I, I played Robert De Niro's cue card guy. In that oh, movie. Okay, so okay, but okay, so you learned his lines, but you were there just in case. I helped him out with both. I helped him out. I was uh, I was cast as his I was cast as his cue card guy for the movie. And while I was there, I actually helped him with some of his lines uh, once in a while. Okay, well, that's good. But we're coming to the end of our first segment. Um, Great. We're about to take a break. We'll be right back after this. And Perfect. Oh, and we are back. Um, we were just talking to Wally the cue card guy, uh, but. Uh, I want to know, Wally. You you know the book where the wild things are, obviously, right? Yes, yes. Uh, do you know the book in the night kitchen by the same author? No. You, you know the, the the book where that there's that kid who like gets baked into a cake and you can see his penis. <laughs> no, never seen that book. Yeah, it, it's real. Um, but yeah, uh, that that kid from in the night kitchen is all grown up, and he's here right now with one of the wild things, Ira. Please welcome Mickey and Ira. Hello. 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 Hi. Mickey, can we hear you? Um, oh. Guy is not Wally or Ira. Yeah, hey, can, you can you hear me? Um, we can hear you. Okay. Um, what about you, other guy? Can you hear you? Ira. Clear. Whatever, okay. So, uh... So yeah, t tell us about why you're here. You, you were here on a previous podcast, IRS. So tell us again why you're here. Well, I'm I'm here because you asked me to be, and you know I'm always willing to, you know, be be on the podcast. You know, I love to be in. Like this space is just incredible. You just walked in here. Yeah. Y yeah, I don't think I invited you. But at the same time, like I just I felt a sense of like I just felt you know like you need to be here. You know, I just felt as though. Okay, well, um, yeah, M Mickey, I don't. Can we still not hear you? I can hear you. Okay, there you go. Okay, 
So um, now, Ira, um, tell us again why you're actually here, because you discussed this over the phone with me. Ira, did you cut out? Hello? Yes, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, 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 N now we can. We couldn't hear you for a second there, but tell us again. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Tell us again why you're actually here, because you, you discussed this with me over the phone earlier. Yeah, yeah, and I, so you already know I'm here, you know, we don't have to go back over that. Um, oh, okay, oh. but, um, you could check the text I sent you regarding where I told you the information you know about yourself, if you know what I mean. Okay, I know it. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, so, so yeah, Wally, if you don't know, I don't think that Iroh was, had a name in the original book, but it's based off, but I got it from the movie. Okay. Um, have you seen that movie? No, I have not. Yeah, I know some people don't like it, but I, I think it's a really great, beautiful film. I mean, it is a movie based on where the wild things are, but Spike Jones, damn it, can make it work. Sure. Of course, uh, he's a great director. Yeah, uh, and he made it work. And yeah, I, Iroh was played, with For played by uh, Forrest Whitaker in the movie, who hosted SNL in the past and was probably... Uh, I'd say he was kind of like what, like how to do the Steven Seagal right, in which he was like super like wooden, but it worked. Yeah, no, I, I have, I have good memories with Forrest Whitaker hosted. I was a big, I was a big fan of his. So, um, I don't have anything. I don't remember him being um, difficult. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, no, I don't. I, I kind of, I don't have big memories of that um, him hosting. You know what I mean? But I remember him being pleasant, very nice. Yeah. Um, now, now, um, Ira, did you get your information? Yes, I'm here because of the, I believe it's the literacy Omicron. Literary Omicron variant. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wild thing. I'm not supposed to be smart. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to assume that w one of your fellow wild things got infected with this literary Omicron variant. Yes, 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 yes. Which, yes, which yes, one that's... was it? It was. It was Carol or Carl. It, it wasn't really close it, like that. It, it's Carol. There, there are men named Carol. There are. Yeah. Well, that's well. Yeah, yeah. One of my fellow wild things, Carol. Yeah. Our guest here uh, worked on Thirty Rock, which featured a recurring character who was a man named Carol. A man, a recurring character who was a man. Really? Oh, Thirty Rock was that show. Yeah, That's and right. and the character was played by Matt Damon, and his full name was Carol Burnett. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know he got bullied in high school. <laughs> I don't know. They, they only mentioned it once. Like it was just one time when they never even said like the name Carol Burnett in referral to this guy. Like, it was just one time when I think, like, uh, Liz was on his plane, and she, like, referred, like, was talking to another passenger and, uh, and said Captain Burnett. Like, before, <laughs> he was just referred to as Carol. It's really funny. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, why would you make fun of someone for having the same name as one of the funniest people to ever live? Right, right. Uh, uh, well, I mean, maybe they just, you know, didn't know that, you know, their names were related. So then they bullied them, and then maybe when they found out, you know, they stopped. Okay. Well, um, 
Ira, is the literary Omicron variant different than the regular Omicron variant in other ways besides the fact that one can infect book characters and the other one can't? Yes, okay, so this is the crazy part. The Omicron variant, this one specifically, can travel into books. Like, man, I thought it was so crazy when they, when I was going, when I was realizing this. I was like, wow, like, so we just go into any book. It's kind of crazy. Okay, uh, do, do you have any idea how this variant gets into books? I have no clue. I'm just, I'm just a wild thing. You know, I don't, I don't know about all of that okay. science or well, well, how is, how, how is Carol doing? Well, he's, he's, he's on, he's, he's on the verge of death. Okay. It seems like he's very much like he's infected, seem a little sick. And then sometimes, you know, like he'll get like burst of energy, but for the most part, seems pretty sick. Well, I mean, the thing is the, the, the Omicron variant is supposed to be less deadly than the regular variant. I'm wondering, is Carol not vaccinated? Yeah, you see, I, that's the crazy thing. See, none of those. See, like, us as a wild thing, like, us as, like, collective, all decided that we weren't going to get vaccinated simply because of the fact that we don't know all the ingredients that are in the vaccination, so we didn't get it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Wall. We didn't know that this wild thing was like this when we were planning this. That's okay. Well, and also, Wally, um, just to divert from Ira for a second, I just remembered another question I was planning to ask. Um, sure. I know that one of I, I think I can recall one of the times they cut. We actually saw you get cut to in a sketch was in one of the Vinny Vedeci sketches. Yes, where I was smoking. Yeah. Uh, wait, you spoke. No, no. In the sketch, I was smoking. Oh, oh, you're. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because everyone's smoking in that. Um, yes. I wonder. Yeah. I'm learning some. I'm actually learning Italian on Duolingo. And are they speaking real Italian there? No. Okay. Do they improvise gibberish, or do you write down like certain things? Like we we have um, we have uh, that's a good question. I'm trying to remember what we used to do. We wrote down in English, what he was supposed to be saying. Yeah. And Will, I mean, uh, and, um, um, Fred? Sorry. Uh, he would, he would, um, they would, he would improvise. He would improvise the whole thing. Bill Hader? Yeah, he would improvise the Italian, and I think maybe we would have the last line written in Italian. Yeah. And he would, um, say that line so that's when the director knew when to cut um or he would do if he would do like a a, a hand gesture saying he was done with his thing you know going to the next person but he improvised all that as, as it was gibberish italian okay mm. that, that makes sense because i think with the character fred plays in those sketches like yeah I, I can understand a little bit of what he's saying and what he's saying is like completely nonsensical and unrelated yeah like it's just they took they just took like a quick course of Italian and just incorporated those words. Like, I think I heard him say, quanti fagioli, nel bicchiere. It just means how many beans are in the glass. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going to assume that what, what Fred says is is improvised, but I'm sure I'm sure the SNL subreddit probably has at least one uh, native Italian speaker who could give me some more information there. Yeah, I mean, I mean but think about how talented you have to be for... for to improvise Italian sounding words 
for a, throughout a whole sketch um, and to mean something else. You know what I mean? To, to, yeah, that's just, crazy. Bill was so talented. He was like, he was made for that show. He was made for SNL. Okay. Now uh, back to Ira and Mickey. We should also, you, you should also be participating here. Uh, Mickey? Uh, Mickey from In the Night Kitchen. Can you talk? Yes, I can. Okay, I'm um, just just um. So, uh, has the literary Omicron variant affected you in any way? Uh, it has affected our show. Um, you have a show? Yeah, it's called the uh, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Oh, no, 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 that's a different Mickey. I mean, I, I believe, I think, I think the Disney Corporation might sue you for using a name they've already used. I think it's illegal. Um. Oh. Oh gosh. Oh. Uh, and you're not a mouse. No, you're a human. Um. What if? What, what if he's like a human-looking mouse? Uh, he had human parents in the book. Okay, well, what if he's a mouse-looking human? He doesn't look like a mouse. He looks like a human. But that's the thing. He still could be a mouse just looking like a human. I, I know he's not a mouse. I'm just saying that there's uh, other possibilities, man. There's multiple uh, multiverses. Man. Okay, well... Spider-Man could, Spider could be a pig. Hey man, maybe maybe you need to be a mouse. Well, well, Spider-Man was a pig in that John Mulaney uh, played the pig Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Exactly. So Spider-Man can be a pig. Why can't my man be uh, a mouse? Yeah. Uh, and of course, we, we have someone here who probably knows John Mulaney. Uh, yeah. Um. And I, yeah, I'm just wondering. I, I'm just kind of like really stumped on if he's going to get to become a five-timer this year, if he's going to have to skip and maybe do it next season. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's back performing, you know, uh, stand-up, uh, doing a tour, so you never know. Towards the end of the season, he might do it. Yeah, um, but, I mean, I think maybe they should let him do the finale. I mean, uh, That would be great. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, I mean, if, uh, yeah, I think that maybe, like, I mean, he... Uh, like getting like a being addicted to like cocaine and stuff. Even when you're out of rehab, you're not fresh and just perfectly fine right after that. I mean, yeah, no, I think they would um not rush rush to make sure they would probably make sure that he was okay and he felt comfortable with it and everything. You know, I mean, so yeah. maybe yeah, maybe at the end of the season. You know, we are having a five timer um coming up very soon. Yeah, Paul Rudd and uh, that's right. And I know uh, Kristen hosted the last two in the last two seasons, even though one of them was an at-home episode. But still, uh, and I think she has a new thing coming out, so they might make her a five-timer. That would be great. She's she's amazing. She's really fun to work with. Yeah, but then it comes the issue on if uh, if you can be considered a five-timer if one of the episodes was an at-home episode. That might be fun to play around with, like in the monologue or something. Yeah, uh, I also know Dana Carvey could become a five-timer. I mean, he he most. I mean, he hosted in, like, season 36, and, I mean, I don't think he had anything to promote then. Uh, was, it that long, was it that long ago that he hosted? Wow. Yeah, but, uh, again, I don't think he had anything, I don't think he really had anything to promote. I just think, like, uh, I mean, they, they hadn't really gotten anybody yeah. who was on the show that long ago to meet the new cast, so. 
Yeah, that was so. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun when he came back. Yeah, but I still am a little salty about how they revived that church chat sketch and then just put fucking Justin Bieber in there. <laughs> like, he wasn't the musical guest. Yeah. Why are you just putting freaking Justin Bieber in there? Yeah, again, uh, not my choice. I don't have anything to do with the casting and that stuff like that. Um, um, but yeah, I can see how that would upset you. Yeah. I mean, it was back when Justin, when when we, when when Justin Bieber was just that obnoxious kid whose balls hadn't dropped yet that we all just wanted to punch in the face. <laughs> then, then after his balls dropped, he kind of became like not someone who we enjoyed, but someone who we didn't like hate and stuff. Then in the yeah. past couple of years, he's reverted back to being the guy we want to punch in the face. Yeah, I just don't pay a lot of attention to him. It's the best way to go about it. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, they should probably make a Dana Carvey a five-timer. I mean, he has been on the show recently. Like, they did a surprise church chat cold open once recently. Uh, yeah. So they could do something like that again. But uh, back, back to Ira and Mickey. Now, yes. Ira. Uh, Ira, we really need to address the elephant in the room here. Okay. Why are you... <laughs> they have said that the vaccine is safe. Why aren't you taking it? Okay, so I don't want to expose myself to anything, because especially because, okay, when they say they're safe, you know, are they talking about for humans? Or are they talking about for wild things? You know, you, you never know. And you never know how the virus could affect me. I'm, well, not the virus, I'm saying the vaccine could affect me differently than it does uh, somebody like Mickey, you know? Okay, you do have a point, but you said that you weren't going to take it because you didn't know what the ingredients were. I would have been totally fine. I mean, that's part of it. Okay, I think you probably shouldn't have... You could have just said that we're not humans, so we don't think we're supposed to be taking it. That would have been pretty easy. Well, see, that's that's just a longer sentence, you know? And I was just trying to sort it down and summarize it, I thought, you know. But you weren't summarizing it. You better. were using a different reason. But, I mean, technically, it's the same thing. Because, oh, what's in it, right? That affects how it could affect wild things, right? So, it's, it's linked. It's all intertwined. Whatever. Mickey, are you vaccinated? I sure am. I'm not trying to get sick. Okay. Um, and w when did you get the vaccine? I know you were a kid in the book, but you've grown since then. So since you're probably I got mine as soon as it as soon as it came out, actually. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you were probably oh, wow. Yeah, you were implied to be like a yeah. a five year old in the original book, which was made in like 1972. So I'd assume that uh, Mickey, that that would put you close to. Uh, Mr. Ferriston's age right here. Wow. And you said you got it as soon as it came out? As soon as it came out, right before it sold out. Mm, yeah. Wow. Uh, I wonder how that made, you know, like, did you see any, like, side effects? Like, I heard some people were, like, like, turning into, like... Um, no, no. I, 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 like, I heard people were turning into, like, Grasshopper monsters, you know. That's that's what I heard. Well, uh, that Wallace sounds said, extremely terrifying. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Wally has uh, another question about uh, Seth's show. Uh, 
with this Omicron variant, is there any talk about about removing the audience again? Um, I think it's too early um, for that. We, we, yeah, we they they've been like they've been lightening up. Um, the uh, everybody in NBC inside the building that works is. I think it's a we're at a ninety five percent vaccine. Uh, 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 everyone ninety five percent of the people in the building have taken the vaccine. Okay, so, that's pretty so, Yeah, and uh, another thing is. Um, I, I know that the the audience now now that the audience is back on Seth's show. They definitely don't they don't like applaud as much as the as the SNL audience does. And I know in a lot of recent episodes, like when like Pete Davidson shows up in the like cold open, or like when Kate McKinnon shows up in the cold open, the audience applauds even though their appearances from incumbent cast members. Right. Do, do they add the applause? Do, do they like direct the audience to applause, or do they do it surprise? Again, I I'm on the floor with the actors, so yeah. if there's a there there if there's an applause um button, yeah, an applause light, I I don't see when that's pushed or not. Okay, um, well, if they but, do do it as, as like unscriptedly, I think that's. I mean, I think it's a little insulting to the newer cast members. Like, hey, this guy has been around for a while and he's still in the cast. Let's applaud him anyways. Yeah, I I don't I you know what I don't sense sense that there's no applause on there's no applause um, sign in Seth's studio and yeah. I, there used there used to be in the SNL studio I don't think there is anymore um, I, I think it's all they go on what the you know what the audience is gonna do I mean there's sometimes you know you know there's a stage manager in Seth um uh, on the floor you know will encourage people to clap in and out of um, commercial and things like that yeah. um, um, but it's all based on what the audience is gonna say you know we don't we don't they don't choose that up in any way. Yeah, and, and I guess I can understand why they don't use applause. If you're saying that they're they don't use applause signs, I mean, I know in the most recent Trump hosted episode, oh my god, uh, when Ivanka Trump made a cameo, there was like absolutely no no sound from the <laughs> audience. Like the sketch just kept yeah. going without yeah. pausing for applause. It just kept going. Yeah, no one applauded. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. uh, even even though I mean I think they do use like artificial applause so sounds just in case people don't applaud the host while they're about to start the monologue. So that that makes sense when Trump is the host. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, they, they must have paid like they must have like threatened threat. Either they threatened the audience of that episode, or they paid the audience of those epi that episode. Yeah, I well, I they didn't they didn't pay audiences until COVID, and then that was was the only way we could get. I think there was a loophole of getting people in, you know, through with New York because New York you weren't allowed to have audiences. Um, so to get an audience, we had to make them part of the show. So that's why they paid them. Yeah, but it, it was mostly a joke on how they they probably didn't want some person like booing Trump or like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, listen. Every people that come to see the show um, are really excited to be there, and even if they don't love the host, they're just they want to have a good time and have a fun time. So I think it's just natural for them to applaud, even if it is, you know, Donald Trump. Yeah, I think in a couple of John McCain's cameos, like he got like uh, some uh, some slightly audible boos among lots of cheers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. But uh, I think it was just like the one that happened like right before the 2008 election ended where you cameoed. Yeah, uh, I remember that. But yeah. 
Now back back to Ira, um, because uh, so, sorry, Ira, that I keep uh, diverting you. It's just there's there's a lot to ask to this uh, particular guest, but uh, now no, you're fine. You're fine. Okay, now Ira, um, do you think that you will take a vaccine if you find out that the ingredients are harmless? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna take that as a no. You probably mean no. Uh, yeah, just because, like, okay, so even if I find out that it's safe, right? Yeah. And then let's say, like, I I already have the variant, right? I already have the variant. Is that going to help me with the variant? I mean, I think it might make you less likely to get hospitalized or die. For, do you have hospitals in Wild Thing Land? It's just an island inside a book. Yeah. You have a hospital. Yeah. A hospital? Yeah. Mm, more like, uh, well, we do have a place where we collect all the people who are sick, but it's not really a hospital per se. Okay, but you I mean, know, that's that's like with professionals. But I mean, I think that. I think wild things are immortal, right? Uh, somewhat. I mean, I think book characters are immortal. Unless every single copy of the book therein is destroyed, and that's nowhere near close to happening with where the wild things are, so I think you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Uh, but M- Mickey, have you taken a booster shot yet? No, I haven't. I oh, haven't. Okay, but you're you're an adult. You got it like as soon as it was available to someone your age. You're definitely as soon as it was available. Yeah, so I think you're definitely eligible for the vaccine now. I definitely might. Um, as for the booster, I'm not, I'm not so sure. Well, I'm not so sure if it's necessary. I mean, we are just talking about this new variant. Canada does seem pretty freaking necessary. Well, considering today's technology, I think we'll get through it. We got through the Spanish pandemic. Um, um, Spanish time, never which, uh, I mean, the, the Spanish, uh, the Spanish flu. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, considering how uh, less advanced we were yeah. and, uh, how much more dirtier we were. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think we'll be able to get through this one. Okay. Well, um, I mean, we've already had so much hardship but, with this. I mean, I, I I do encourage people to definitely get it. Okay, so why, you you got it yourself, so you should get the booster shot. You're eligible. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. Yeah, you, you really should. So I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I guess uh, I want to know if you were to get the booster shot, would you get? It in the penis that you have that's ex- that you can see in the book. Oh wow! Um, certainly, certainly would. Oh wow! Oh, oh wherever's wow. necessary. Yeah, yeah, don't. Oh wow! Don't, don't, really, don't. Just do it in your arm. Oh wow! Oh, okay. Oh wow! Was, he uh, said wherever is necessary. Oh wow! Okay, I think I th- Mickey. I think you broke Ira. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ira, are you unbroken now? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's not gonna get the booster shot in his penis. Uh, Hopefully not. Yeah. I mean, 
Uh, Wally, I know there was a recent Seth Meyers did like make a joke when Nicki Minaj, that whole stuff went down and that he said that when he got it, it was in his arm. Yes. (laughs) Yep, that was the joke. I don't watch Colbert's show, but I think someone did comment that Stephen Colbert used that same joke that same night. Um, Oh. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes that happens. Um, They they will watch... um, you know, they'll, they'll watch other shows, though. They'll have people um, in research watch the other shows to make sure that they don't repeat a joke, um, like if it's from the night before or something. Yeah. But um, but there's no way there's no way to watch a show that's taped around the same time to see if they can do the same joke. Yeah, I mean, I mean definitely, that I mean, that was probably the easiest joke to come up with there, but, I mean, it worked. Right. I, I exactly. mean, some, sometimes, like, lazy jokes are funnier than well-thought-out ones. Like... That is that is correct. Yeah, I will agree with that. Um, and uh, but I mean, also that Nicki Minaj thing. Lots of like actual doctors said that 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 Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend had chlamydia and not vaccine side effects. <laughs> oh wow! So y- y- yeah, Mickey, don't get the booster shot in your penis, or you might get chlamydia and then blame it on the vaccine and become an anti-vaccine lunatic. Okay, Jeez, I'm, I'm definitely not going to do that. Yeah, just get it in your arm. Yeah. Gotcha. Old-fashioned way. Just yeah, or, get it in, or, or get it in your butt, you know? In your butt? Yeah. Wh- why? Okay, because think about it. Like, okay, right? It's going to spread throughout your whole body more evenly if you do it in your butt. Okay, but also, you know how when you get the vaccine in your arm, it makes your arm, like, really crampy for a couple days? Uh-huh, yep. That sounds a lot worse with your butt. Yeah, but, I mean, Mickey will be all right. I mean, I, I mean you, you're not feeling like when, when like, you're, you're on the toilet for too long, and then you walk, and then you get up, and you, can't, you, you like, can't really walk for a few seconds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, but, I mean... I mean, honestly, I think it would make people more toler- tolerant to that, you know, feeling. And maybe, you know, with that vaccine, or maybe that, you know, wouldn't happen as much because your body would be more tolerant of the pain. Okay, but you could also just get the shot in your arm. But you can also just, you know, like do it my way, you know? Oh, okay, you haven't even gotten any of the shots. Right now we're talking about getting Mickey a booster <laughs> shot. Yes, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, like for, I'm saying for humans, you know, for for you guys to be smart and to okay. use it. Okay, but it's not particularly smart to get a vaccine in your butt. Why not? I think it, I think it's gonna spread evenly throughout your body that way. Plus, like, really think about it. That, like, that sounds like now, logic. If I, you want to, like, now that. if you want to tell people that you're an anti-vaxer. Yo, like, nobody's checking your arm, you know? And, you know, I think it's a crime. You know, it's a crime to go and check your butt. So, hey, you know, if you ever wanted to, you know, be an anti-vaxxer and people are like, you know, people are trying to check your arm or anything like that, yo, now they'll never know. Okay, well, we are coming to the end of our time, so I want to thank, I guess, uh, Ira and Mickey here. You kind of just, like, went here and talked about dumb bullcrap, but, uh, I definitely want to thank Wally here. Um, he's had a very prolific career. We don't see him that much. I mean, he's stopped people from embarrassing themselves and forgetting lines on TV, which is 
and we love what he does on Seth Meyers' show. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. It means so much. Yeah. No, my pleasure. It was uh, nice uh, talking to And, and Wally, regardless of what anybody says, remember, even though we don't see you on the screen, we see the work that you're putting in. I appreciate, appreciate, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay. So, no so thanks everyone for coming on, but we got to go. Bye. Bye.